Hey, everyone, and thank you for tuning in live today. Today is Sunday, February 12th, and it is 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. My name is Jason Leeser, and I will be your host for today. And thank you for joining the Skill Building Sunday Drawing Group here on the Reinventing the Tattoo Network. This is working for you. Please let us know in the comments and in the chats, and please tag a friend who loves tattoos. And welcome to Guy Itchison's Reinventing the Tattoo Community, where tattooers, apprentices, collectors, and the curious are encouraged to join in these live streams, real-world events, to share and inspire and ultimately create better art and tattoos together. We beam out nearly every day and with your help have evolved into a quality network of amazing live and on-demand tattoo and art shows that have all been receiving rave reviews. You can find Reinventing the Tattoo in both of the app stores, the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store. We also have a Reinventing the Tattoo YouTube channel. We have a Reinventing the Tattoo Roku channel, which has 12 to 15 episodes playing at any given time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And you can also find us in all of the major podcast directories, such as Apple and Spotify. Or you can just search for Reinventing the Tattoo and you'll find it all, except for the book. The book's out of print, um, so that's kind of a bummer. But you can still find us in all of the other major areas. But no matter where you are watching live or on demand, you can always get the latest and greatest, most up-to-date information, most up-to-date calendars at www.reinventingthetattoo.com. You can try it out for free. You have an option. You can pick one. We've got a sample webinar from the Reinventing the Tattoo Canon. We've got uh, free advice from Guy on goal setting for your unique goals. We also have an option of a comprehensive tattoo history course from Jay Brown, which is absolutely awesome, by the way. Highly recommend that. At reinventingthetattoo.com, you can also find a full weekly event schedule with all of our daily uh, broadcasts, as well as our special event broadcast schedule to let you in on all of the new upcoming special events that we have going on here at Reinventing the Tattoo. You can also find a direct link out to the Reinventing 24-7 channel, which is a lot like our Roku channel. It's got 13 different episodes playing 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And we also have a number of professional development courses from over 20 world-class tattoo artists, all available at reinventingthetattoo.com. Once again, if this is working for you, please let us know in the comments and in the chats, and please tag a friend who loves tattoos. Maybe it's someone who's curious about getting one. Maybe it's someone who wants a behind-the-scenes look at what tattoo artists have to go through you know, in their daily lives. Who knows? Uh, but tag someone, let them know about us, and help us spread the word. We have a number of weekly events um, and a number of weekly broadcasts that we always encourage people to tune into starting on Sundays at 1 p.m. Eastern time with me, Jason Leeser, uh, for the Skill Building Sunday Drawing Group. This is followed on Mondays with three different shows, starting at 9 a.m. with Drawing for Tattooers with James Wisdom, where we discuss basic drawing techniques and strategies. Following that, on Mondays at 5 p.m., we have Let's Talk About Feelings with Robbie Ripple, where we go through and discuss one of those lesser discussed topics in the tattoo world, right? How do we feel about things? Following that, Mondays at 9 p.m., we have a live drawing group with Sandy McAndrew, 
uh, part of the Reinventing the Tattoo Network, and she is absolutely incredible. Um, highly recommend you tune in for that as well, but that is only available for people that subscribe to the Reinventing the Tattoo Evolution or Reinventing the Tattoo Canon courses. Following Mondays on Tuesdays in the morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, we have the Tuesday Fields Drawing Group with Ricardo Certivant, very good friend of mine, incredibly talented artist, one hell of a tattoo artist as well. Following that, on Thursdays at 6 p.m., we have the Tattoo Collecting 101 podcast with Fawn Baker. Um, absolutely fantastic show. Highly recommend you tune in and check it out. Um, who knows? Maybe I'll pop in one of these days and uh, you know, make things a little bit more interesting. Would also like to go through and take a second to thank some of the people that helped make these shows possible. Starting off with worldtattooevents.com, the largest, most comprehensive resource for tattoo events worldwide. As we know, living in this post-pandemic world where different tattoo events, conventions, and um, different types of seminars and stuff like that are constantly getting rescheduled, if you want the latest, most up-to-date information on tattoo events worldwide that might be coming to a town near you, or maybe it's a town you're planning on visiting, take a look at worldtattooevents.com for the most up-to-date, comprehensive schedule for tattoo events worldwide. Next, we have tattoonow.com, technology for tattooers, the leading edge in professional development, management, and digital tools for tattooers of all levels. They're constantly keeping everything up to date and upgraded. They're 100% competitive with any kind of CRM mailing list and scheduling software out there. Um, if you are looking for the digital tools to help you go through and really help you reach that clientele that you really want to tattoo, tattoonow.com is the way to do it. They will help you optimize everything to help you get more clients through the door and more clients that you really want to tattoo that want to get work that you want to do. So why not take a look at tattoonow.com? Of course, this wouldn't be reinventing tattoo, reinventing the tattoo without a very personal and professional thank you from the bottom of my heart to Guy Aitchison at guyaitchison.com. He is the founder and inspiration behind reinventing the tattoo. Go to GuyHSN.com where you can pick up a copy of his Biomech Encyclopedia, some of his seminar DVDs, uh, any number of different custom prints that he has available, and a whole lot more, all available at GuyHSN.com. Would also like to thank a few of our affiliates, um, people that we are connected to, uh, starting off with the Apprenticeship Diaries with Amy Nichols. If you are a person that's looking to become a tattoo apprentice or you're wondering what a tattoo apprenticeship might be like, take a look at the Apprenticeship Diaries with Amy Nichols. That will help you walk you through what you might be able to expect, what's going to be expected of you, and what it's kind of like behind the scenes to be an apprentice in today's world. As well, would like to give a quick shout out to the Fireside Tattoo Network with Jake Meeks. If you are already a tattoo artist and you are just looking for another source of information, take a look at the Fireside Tattoo Network. They have got tons of great interviews and great content all posted up on that network as well. We'd also like to take a very special minute to thank uh, TATCOM. 
and the guys over at TACOM, especially Aaron Williams, the mad scientist. TATCOM is pioneering the latest and greatest tattoo technology to help your tattoos be even better than what they are. If you're looking for the most up-to-date tools, the most efficient way to go through and execute these tattoos that you might be doing, take a look at TATCOM. These guys are literally changing the world with the science and technology that they're putting into their equipment. You cannot get better stuff than TATCOM, in my personal humble opinion. As always, uh, we ask that you post positive reviews on the channel, help us get the word out. Um, we're always looking for new people to join us, uh, new people to be hosts. So if you would like to host a Reinventing the Tattoo event, or maybe you wanna become a sponsor of our community, or maybe you're looking for a fine art or a tattoo critique, you can always email management at reinventingthetattoo.com and we will be happy to get back to you just as soon as we can. Now that our intro is done, we've got quite a number of people that are waiting to get in. Let me go through and admit everyone. Looks like we got uh, Patrick Boothman uh, back with us again today, all the way over from the UK. How's it going, Patrick? And let's see, let's see. Yeah, I'm with you. Hey, how's it going, Patrick? And we got uh, Bruno with us today. What's up, Bruno? What's up, buddy? Patrick. Hi, Bruno. Jason. How are you? Pretty good. Nice one. Good to hear. Doing well, doing well. How are you guys? Uh, I'm doing pretty well. I forgot to send the link to uh, a friend of mine over in Scotland. So I'm going to do that real quick to see if they want to join. Uh, he's a very good friend of mine. I met him down at the Puerto Rico Tattoo uh, Invitational a couple years ago and um, kept in touch with him ever since. And he's got such a huge, crazy, big, bold style that it's absolutely fascinating to watch this guy work. Nice. Awesome. Yeah, let's see what we've got going on. Uh, it doesn't look like it's going out to the Facebook, but that's okay. Let's see. I don't, this should be streaming out to everywhere. We should be good. Let's see. Don't know if it's actually connecting or not, but okay, cool. Yay. Uh, so how's everyone's week been? It's been a good one. Yeah, has it? Some, some fun tattooing. Absolutely. That's awesome, man. That's what I love yeah. to hear. 
Yeah. Yeah, man, it was a good one. I had taken a little bit of a break from tattooing just to kind of take care of some things, some designs and stuff like that. And I just couldn't really, I really couldn't wait to get back. And, uh, right. and uh, on this, uh, on yesterday's session, I got to use my Dan Cuban uh, hybrid machine. And man, did I have fun. Like, um, How do you like those it, Cubans? Man, I I uh, I love them more and more for sure. You know, it kind of brings me back to the days when I used to use a coil machine, and I used to get like a really nice, you know, like clean, like solid line. You know what I mean? Like, not that rotaries can't do that, but you know, there's just something about that hit, you know, with the spring or whatever it is that just uh, lays lines in a way that uh, it's just really fun to to tattoo and uh and then to see the you know the finished product uh it's just very satisfying because i don't necessarily get that uh that feeling after doing line work with my uh, rotary machines and so really yeah man like i've i've been looking you know i've been looking and testing you know and i get i get decent results but uh i don't think that there's anything like lining with you know, either a well-tuned coil machine or a, a hybrid, you know, that it gets gets close to that, right? Because it's it's almost a coil machine, except it, you know, it's a hybrid. So um so do you yeah, like man. The like, impact of it, or do you like just the mm -hmm. feeling of it in your hand, the way that it lays that line in? So I, I mean, I think most importantly the result that I get from, okay. from using from using a uh, you know, uh, one of these machines. It's just exactly the 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 solid result that that I was used to for many many years when I used to use coil machines. Um, and uh, and like I said, I've always been you know looking for that rotary machine that is gonna give me those those type of lines, and I've been trying them all. And maybe it's the way I use them. Uh, but whenever I do use this hybrid machine, which is very much like a coil machine. Um, I get exactly the result that I want, you know, especially when, when dealing with uh, black lines, you know, doing black line work. So, uh, and, and, you know, other than the results, you know, the feel of it and like the, the experience is, it's also very satisfying, you know, there's something satisfying about it. And, uh, and I'm, I'm going to look into potentially maybe getting another one. Really? Mainly for line work, just line See, work. I've, yeah. I've heard lots of good things about them. Mm -hmm. um to me it's just always been one of those issues that it's like if i'm getting a decent result now why would i want to switch anything up right you know like i'm i'm a firm believer that yeah to me don't get me wrong i love my coils you know i i love them i've been using them for a long long time um but ever since i made that switch over to rotaries man it's like to me, it was such a game changer because everything just seemed more effortless, right? Like I didn't have to try anymore. I didn't have a lot of those variables dealing with like rubber band tension or like needle bar band or anything like that. To me, it simplified and streamlined the process to the point that it was just so much easier. Right, right. No, I, I feel you for sure. Like... I think that uh, I was so much more stress-free when I started to use a, 
a rotary machine. Like in so many ways, man, it was crazy. I never realized how stressed I was actually <laughs> until I used a, a rotary machine. Um, and like, man, tattooing was like just peaceful because I knew that either the machine was going to work like it's supposed to, or it just wasn't going to work with versus the coil machine. You just never knew, you know, like at what point in the middle of the session, you were going to have to potentially tune up your coil machine. You know, it was a little stressful, but, um, but with that said, um, you know, I never really felt like I got the same kind of like, you know, laser lines, you know, that, that I was kind of used to getting, you know, um, with the coil machine, but I knew I didn't want to go back, you know, for the reasons that, that you're bringing up, but that's the beauty of these, uh, hybrids from Dan Cuban that like, there's a lot that you don't have to deal with that you did have to deal with the coil machine, you know, like the coil machine, there's so many more things that can loosen up and that you got to tighten up. And with these hybrids, because it's pretty much a rotary machine with a spring six system type thing, um, you know, there's very little that you have to like be uh, be aware of kind of thing, you know, almost like using right. a rotary, uh, except, you know, you just want to make sure it has like, you know, good, uh, the rubber bands are tight enough kind of thing, you know, that's about it. And now, so there's is, a lot of peace of mind. Uh -huh. How is the impact on those though? Because I know, so I've been tattooed by someone that was using one before and like the impact on it was, it, it was pretty rough, man. Like you felt every tiny mm -hmm. little inch of that machine, which right. is, you know, obviously it's fine. It's cool. Um, was it done with a cartridge or? Uh, yes, it was needle? done with a cartridge. Oh, okay. I have something to say about that. Because I bought this one. This one is a, a, a Dan Cuban meant to be used with both. I forgot the name right now, but uh, meant to be used with both with cartridge and a long bar needle and okay. at first at first i wanted to you know play around with it with the cartridges because that's what i was already using and i was like you know let me see if i can use it for shading too and you know as I, then i definitely was not crazy about the impact that it had on the skin you know like uh with the cartridges i wasn't in love with it with the cartridges you know and I knew that the impact wasn't the one that, I, that was desired. And so I actually put it down for a while. And then one day I took it out again to give it another shot, but this time with bar needles, you know? And, and it's a, you know, I just have to make an adjustment on the machine and then it's set to be used that way. And that's when I started to get, you know, really good results. But before I got good results, you know, I had to test it a little bit and I did find it to be a little too strong at first, but I just had to get used to it, you know? But what's cool about it is that you can use it at different intensities if you like flip the clip cord. Uh, okay. You put the, the, you put the red side up and then it's like better for color packing and things like that and big bold lines. And then when you put the red part of the clip cord down, it, it's ideal for smaller lines. So it has that like versatility, which is also cool. And so I had to figure that out, you know, uh, like um, before I got it, to work exactly the way I wanted it to. And now that's where it's at, you know, I'm, I'm used to it. And, and the, the best thing about it, not only the result, but I get to move fast, man. You know, like with a rotary, I'll have to go over that line, maybe sometimes 
you know, two to three times sometimes for a perfect line with a rotary, at least the way that I use the machine, you know, that's, that's what it takes. And with these, uh, with this machine, you know, it's all, it's pretty much one shot, you know? And so it really lets me like move along and have a good chunk of time to shade it in, color it in and, you know, potentially finish the piece. So essentially what I'm hearing you say is that it's helping you become more efficient yeah, and to do a better, to create a better product in a faster period of time. Yes. Interesting. Yeah, well, isn't that the yeah. ultimate goal of a lot of things to take away a lot of those yeah. variables to go through and really kind of just focus on the artwork itself? Exactly. And it highlights the fact that, you know, man, it's so important that you got, like, if you have one machine or you, you know, you, that you could be really talented and, you know, at the end of the day, you're going to get a decent result. But then if you have like the right tool, like well-tuned or whatever, man, like the differences can be so huge. And sometimes we don't even know that we don't have the right tool, you know, that. Well, and I think that ultimately is what it ends up coming down to is there are so many amazing tools and amazing things out there in this day and age that it's unless you actually have the kind of funds that it takes to go through and really, really just buy whatever you can to play around with it and to try it out and to figure it out. Or if you work with someone that's got a whole bunch of different stuff that you know, doesn't really care if you try certain things out. There are so many amazing tools and machines and stuff like that out there in this day and age mm-hmm. that it's, it's hard to really find what works best for you and what, you know, really is the best option for your style, your hand speed, for everything that you have going on and the way that you like to do things, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. I have always been an advocate of being able to go through and being able to pick up almost any machine out there and say, okay, give me a couple minutes to get used to this and adjust to this. And then I'm off and running, right? Because to me, what it takes is just being able to vary my hand speed, understanding the feel, understanding how that skin is going to react. Uh, underneath that impact, how is that going to affect different things? You know, for me, I've always been the kind of advocate that sits back and says, okay, well, to me, it doesn't necessarily matter the machine that I'm using. It's all in the way that I'm using it, you know, but there is definitely a difference between efficiency, knowing that this machine running this way with this kind of thing is going to get the job done the first time a lot faster, a lot more accurate. I'm not, I'm going to have a lot less issues with it. You know, that's efficiency. And only once you've reached a certain level, can you really sit back and be able to make that kind of a determination, you know, like, yeah, I can use any machine out there, but just because I can use it doesn't mean it's going to be efficient. doesn't mean that it's going to be a preference because it's going to take me exponentially right. longer if I use X over Y. You know right. what I mean? So, yep. but that, that all takes time and experience and understanding of the equipment, you know, and that's something that yeah. does happen overnight. Absolutely. Does it? 
Um, I did want to say real quick, though, for anyone that might be watching that is a, uh, an American football fan, go Birds. Um, today is the Super Bowl, so people are going to be getting a little crazy today, uh, especially if we win or lose. I think there's going to be a lot of chaos in Philadelphia. So if you live and or work in the Philadelphia area, please be safe tonight. Um, there are going to be a lot of very intoxicated people out tonight, and I do not want to see anything happen to any tattooer friends of mine. If you live and or work in the Philadelphia area, please be safe. Use common sense. Um, you know, if it's a bad situation, get out of there. You know, don't contribute to the chaos. Just enjoy it, you know, regardless of whether we win or lose. We had an excellent season. There's no sense in going off the deep end. I have to say that because people in Philadelphia are known to get absolutely crazy Hmm. when it comes down to uh, our sports. Um, Like it's, it's pretty nuts. If you look at any videos on YouTube from the last time the Eagles won the Super Bowl, it gets absolutely crazy. Hmm. Um, and a lot of it's because people tend to have too much to drink and they get a little wild. But, but yeah, so just wanted to make sure everyone got the message. Be safe out there. I don't want anything ha- to happen to anyone. Yep. That and I don't have bail money this year. So I'm not going to be able to bail you out if you get arrested. Sorry. If this was last year, we would have been fine. But um, my uh, hmm. credit card bills from the holidays, still paying those things off. Hmm. But got, got any fun, exciting projects coming up? Bruno? Um. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to be finishing up with a dragon design today for tomorrow. Uh, An old friend that will be uh, around from, he lives in Peru. uh, So I'm going to see how much I can get done tomorrow. Uh, It's going to be a color dragon, half sleeve kind of size. are you going with a European dragon or is it going to be more Asian inspired? No, definitely Asian inspired. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that'll be fun. I'll be pulling out that Dan Cuban for sure. Um, and I have some like floral pieces uh, coming up. I'm, I'm, I get pretty excited about pretty much all, all, all the projects I, I work on. I have uh, some animal portraits coming up. Those are, a lot of fun for me. I've really, uh, been doing them often recently, and I I realize I really enjoy them. So that that's going to be fun. How about you? I think. Oh, I think awesome. Patrick's having some problems with uh, connecting. Patrick, that's no good. Uh, I I am having a problem connecting to Zoom via website. Do you have a link that I can post in the Zoom app? Yes, I will send that to you in just a second. Cheers, buddy. Cheers. There you go. Send.
So Mike Cole just made a comment on the YouTube channel. Um, uh-huh. What event in the tattoo world would be considered our Super Bowl? Um, having been to the, well, I like to call it more of like the World Cup. Um, only because there are incredible artists from all around the world that, um, you know, if you're looking at the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl is very uh, United States. Um, it's very, it's, it's like a national championship, uh, kind of like English Premier League championship. Um, in, if you're talking worldwide, like something even bigger than the Super Bowl, I would say take a look at, um, it used to be the London Tattoo Convention. Uh, hosted by Mickey Violenti, uh, and it was the absolute top 2% of tattooers in the world, guaranteed. Everyone was there. If you can think of someone that was a big name in the tattoo industry, someone that has really, really excelled in what it is they do, people like Nico Hurtado, Steve Butcher, um, Shige, uh, Orient Ching, um, you know, uh, uh, I mean, so many different people that are just world renowned for everything that they do. Mike Rubendahl was there. Uh, James Tex, Anthony Tex, Clint Danroth, uh, Steve Moore, all of these, uh, Philip Liu, all of these guys have been and or constantly invited to go to the London show. However, uh, as of 2020, the London show is no longer going. Um, the London show is no longer what it used to be because, uh, unfortunately, due to unforeseen circumstances, uh, it financially just could not be put on anymore. However, Mickey Violenti, the mastermind and absolutely awesome person who put on the London Tattoo Convention, did start up a second convention over in Frankfurt, Germany, called Gods of Ink. Um, Gods of Ink is literally the London Convention 2.0. Everyone will be there this year. Uh, It's going to be absolutely incredible. Uh, James Tex will be there with Steve Moore. Um, Shige will be there again. Uh, Philip Liu will be there. Uh, a number of different artists from the U.S. will be over there. Uh, my buddy Fibs will be there. Uh, I mean, just it's an all-star lineup. Go take a look. Gods of Ink. Um, it's over in Frankfurt, Germany, and it is literally the Super Bowl and the World Cup put together. And it is absolutely incredible. The amount of talent that's all together in one place at one time. So excellent question, by the way. The uh, um, their their oh, Instagram God. their Instagram story looks amazing, doesn't it? For the oh, gods of ink, it's absolutely incredible. If trust me, if I could, I would be going this year. Um, I don't think that's really going to work out with some of my summer travel plans. Uh, even though when I was down in Puerto Rico talking to my friend Fibs about it, he's like, "Dude, you're going, right? You're you're going, right?" Like you're going to be there, right? 
like hinting that like this is not going to be something that I want to miss. And um, I was like, dude, this is the first I'm hearing about it. Let me take a look at a few things. I might be able to make it. If I do, it's only going to be for like a couple of days. He's like, dude, you want to be there. Trust me, you want to be there. Um, he always keeps me in the loop with like all the latest and best shows going on, which is awesome. But uh, just looking at the lineup for Gods of Ink is like incredible. Absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, man, the best of the best. My buddy Stefano is going to be there too. Mm-hmm. Stefano's going to be there. I mean, it's literally Stefano a who's concept. who in the tattoo interest industry. Um, there is not a single person on there that is even mediocre at what they do. Literally, it's the creme de la creme of every style. That's one thing that I won't ever forget. And it's one of the best things that I ever did in my life. I took the chance. I flew out to uh, London a couple years ago just to go and attend the London show mm-hmm. and walk around and talk to people. And it was an absolutely life-changing experience. Um, and I can't thank everyone that was there. I mean, getting to meet some of my idols in the industry was just, and getting to actually talk to them and sit down and pick their brains about different things and watch them work. You know, pulling up a chair and sitting down and watching someone like James Tex knock out like half of a guy's torso. And I think it was like six hours start to finish in full color was just a mind blowing experience. You know, watching people work on full back pieces for three days straight we're seeing uh, a six-on, six-person collaborative back piece tattoo being done. That was like, well, number one, it made me realize I would never want to be in that kind of a position because uh, having six people work on one person's back is just a world of craziness that I can't even begin to fathom. I mean, no one really even had room to move like when your elbows are squished in as far as you can go and you don't even have room to breathe let alone stop to turn around to dip it gets to be a very tricky situation yeah yeah i've uh worked on a back piece with just one other person and it was you know it was already tricky you know, with just one other person on the other side working on a different part. Uh, especially for line work type thing. I felt like it was it was a, it was tricky business. Um, but yeah, with six people, that's, you know. Yeah, I can't even begin sure to imagine that. Yeah, because not only do, you know, not only do you hope that the other artists are doing their part to like keep from, you know, getting in your way, but also the, actual client that's getting tattooed by multiple people yeah well i mean i can only imagine now i don't know this for a fact i have my assumptions but i try not to live my life based on assumptions um but i can only imagine that there was uh some type of painkiller involved in that Mm. uh, because that dude literally did not move a single muscle for the four hours that it took for those six artists to complete a back piece. And when you think about it, that's an incredible amount of work to have done in a very, very, very short period of time. Mm -hmm. But when you think about 
how many different artists are working in one area on a human body, it almost kind of makes sense that they were able to accomplish that in such a period of time, right? Because with six artists, you can cover a lot of ground very, 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 very quickly, right? So to be able to complete, start to finish a full back piece in about four hours, I can see it. You know, right. I can only imagine that it wasn't very pleasant for the person getting tattooed. But yeah, I, I don't imagine. think pleasant would be the word. <laughs> yeah, pleasant would not. I don't believe that would be in the vocabulary um, of the person getting that tattoo done. Yeah. But it was it was an incredible feat. And you always see stuff like that at the London show or the Frankfurt show. Gods of Ink. Check mm -hmm. it out. Definitely not one you want to miss. Yeah. Um, I know in the U.S., as far as United States shows go, I know that the Philadelphia show is one of the biggest in the country. Um, I don't, I mean, as much as it's big as far as volume, there are definitely other shows that are out there that draw a higher caliber of crowd or a higher caliber of artist. Um, different mm -hmm. shows like the Golden State Expo, uh, the Empire State Expo, the uh, Hell City, to name a mm -hmm. few, just a few of them. These are shows that are the Austin Invitational. These are some of the creme de la creme shows in the U.S. that if you were looking for something to compare to the Super Bowl in the U.S., that's exactly where I would be looking. And those are the shows I would be looking to attend. Um, if you're looking for shows to work at, then number one, I would network heavily because a lot of those guys and a lot of those shows are very, very invitation only. Um, and it takes quite a bit to be able to get into a show even like Hell City let alone one that you have to be personally invited to by the person throwing it. Um, so I would definitely get out there and I would network and I would meet people and I would see what connections you can make to different artists because all of that is going to add up to, you know, maybe one day you meet the right people who introduce you to the right people. And uh, next thing you know, you get the personalized invitation to the Austin show which is actually gearing up to be absolutely incredible this year. Um, highly recommend if you live in that area or you get the chance to attend that show, that invitational show is amazing. Um, and it, it's lineup so far is just absolutely phenomenal. So highly recommend you take a look at that show and check it out. Uh, Hell City always has an incredible lineup. Um, I was actually considering going to that one this year just to do some podcasting. I don't think that's really going to work out quite so well. Uh, I do know that we will be joined live by uh, Gabe Ripley from the Hell City Tattoo Convention this year. So that should be an interesting time. He's going to give us a little bit of a walkthrough uh, right. to show us what we're all missing out on since, you know, yeah. we'll be able to make it. Um, so yeah, it should be a great time. 
you know, maybe next year I'll have the opportunity to go out there and work at the show. Um, but we will see what happens. Now, Bruno, do you do any traveling? Do you attend a lot of shows or go to a lot of conventions or anything like that? Um, you know, if there, if there were more like good conventions here in South Florida, like, you know, I don't mean to offend anyone um, at all, but like, you know, I just, um, there really isn't that many, you know, conventions in general, at least in like my area. Okay. Uh, I would find it important, especially now with the studio, um, you know, to, to make it to as many of them as possible. Um, but uh, since there aren't many, I haven't really uh, been doing uh, conventions lately, but the last one that I uh, was in was Hell City, which was an amazing experience. It was my first time. Yeah, I was and, very um, jealous of you for that. Man, I wish you could have been there. Yeah, um, it was uh, it was it was great, man. It's a, it's a well it's a great convention. You know, um, it's uh, really well organized, and uh, there's a lot of talent. That uh, not, nothing but great magic. talent. Yeah. And um, yeah, man, it was a lot of fun. And uh, I'll be going to this next one. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, I would love to be a little bit more active um, with conventions, but since uh, I just, I have my hands a little bit full right now with the studio. So I think that maybe, hopefully next year, it'll be a little bit easier for me to, to, to be a little bit more active and make it to Absolutely. more conventions. But I think they're fun. I think they're a lot of fun. Well, if you ever uh, need a list of shows to go to and work at, or maybe, um, you know, any shows that you needed a booth buddy for, by all means, hit me up. Let me know. Um, I would say, Absolutely. you know, let's uh, start heading out and hitting some international shows. I know that there were a few international artists that uh, through talking to a couple of different convention promoters, they were trying to get out to the U.S. Um, for a few shows. However, I know that there are certain vaccination restrictions currently in place uh, wow. in the United States um, that aren't necessarily favorable, for lack of a better term, um, which kind of stinks because there are a lot of really great European artists that I would love to be able to get out to uh, come and work at some shows. Right. But, you know, sometimes it's, uh, it, it ends up becoming one of those situations and one of those issues where it's like, okay, maybe this isn't such a good idea to invite these guys because if they get stuck at customs, it's game over, you know? Mm. Um, yeah, I'm unfamiliar right now with some of those restrictions, but yeah, it's yeah, it's so being and living in the U.S., um, the majority of people in the U.S. are vaccinated, which is great. Um, you know, it's a personal choice. I highly, you know, respect that. Certain people don't necessarily really uh, want to go that route, and that's fine. That's a personal choice, but it does have certain implications when you're looking at things on a more international stage 
where if you don't have that in the country that you're going to has a some type of a vaccination requirement and you are not currently vaccinated, then they can literally take you, turn you right around and send you right back home. Mm-hmm. Um, and rough. that is not good because if you're paying for a hotel, airfare and all that mm-hmm. stuff, um, and now you get denied entry into the country, no bueno. No. You know, so hopefully those restrictions don't last too much longer. Uh, From what I understand, a lot of them should be getting eased over the next few months. But you never really quite know in this day and age. So. um, How about you, Jason? I, I think there's something going through Congress now, um, which I don't know how long things take in the US. Uh, if it's anything like the UK, it'll take a very, very long time. Um, but they are looking at lifting restrictions for, well, certainly tourists that are unvaccinated um, uh, traveling to the US. Um, so, yeah, like, like you say, there are, there's definitely um, things moving forward which is amazing because I'd love to get you out here, Patrick. I'd love really to come <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, it, it's such, yeah, it is such a shame. You know, there's, uh, yeah, there's, yeah, there you go. Hopefully it yeah. will change. Soon. Well, we can, we can hope and we can hope that things uh, happen at a speedy pace. You know, whether yeah. they do or not is a different story, but. Uh, you never really quite know. You getting some good conventions uh, over there, Patrick? Um, well, I've uh, trying to think. There's a there's a the the local one to us is the uh, Bristol Tattoo Convention, and that's very good. That's not until July, so that's a, a while off. But um, I was going to ask actually. I'm doing my first convention in August. Um, and so, yeah, if it, it, my, uh, so I've, ordinarily I do quite uh, large, complicated uh, tribal pieces. So they don't actually travel that well, you know, for, um, for conventions because, you know, uh, well, the, the, the way I do it anyway. Um, so I was going to say, uh, what advice? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so uh, someone in the shop has said, uh, you know, sort of take someone along so that you've got some, you're definitely going to have tat- someone to tattoo. Um, so if it's my first convention, do you recommend either taking someone along or just doing a load of small flash and turning up or yeah what, what are your guys experience both <laughs> okay um, yeah seriously you can't go wrong with bringing someone that i call them a ringer right, right. someone that you can be like cool sit down let's work on you um yeah. however when you do that you know and don't get me wrong if they're willing to travel and pay and all that stuff awesome yeah. great do it um, that way it's pretty much guaranteed income and you get to show off what you're working on. Yeah. If you're going there with the expectation and you don't have anyone lined up to go with you, 
my mm. best personal recommendation is actually um, get a whole bunch of smaller, like palm sized designs yeah, together. Yeah. Um, get a whole bunch of those together and then put those out with, you know, set pricing on them mm. and just say, hey, listen, this is all stuff that I really want to do. Uh, you know, if it's a bit outside your budget, let me know. Maybe we can strike a deal. Mm -hmm. um, but this is all stuff that I would really like to do while I'm here. And people love that kind of stuff, man. They love right. that because yeah. it's right there. It's right in, right in front of their face and they don't really have to um, really turn around and ask you for different things and be like, Oh, well, do you have anything like this? Do you have anything like that? And it's like, yeah. here's yeah, yeah. a whole bunch of stuff I really want to do based on that. You can tell whether or not, you know, the style of work that I do is up your alley. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I say do both. Yeah. If you plan on going there with a whole bunch of smaller flash ideas, that's yeah. totally fine. Um, but I would say just based on how long it personally takes me to set up and execute tattoos, <laughs> I yeah. try not to plan to do anything more than maybe 10 tattoos over the weekend. You know, as far as packing supplies and stuff like that goes, I yeah, always yeah. estimate on that. So I'll bring, you know, maybe four or five uh, tight threes, a couple of five liners, a couple of tight sevens, a couple of tight nines, maybe mm -hmm. a few elevens, um, you know, depending on the piece that I'm doing. And I just kind of go based on that. Um, I try not to overpack because I've done that before and it just takes up way too much room. Uh, yeah, yeah. So don't don't overpack. Trust me, that's not a good thing. You can always buy stuff from the. There's usually a supply guys, you know, like yep. at the convention anyway. So, okay. Yeah, well, there might not be. It's, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in uh, it's in a part of the UK called uh, Cornwall, which is beautiful, um, but it is uh, pretty. Um, undeveloped you know it's um it, it's a nice sort of touristy part of the world uh and in in the summer it gets extremely uh busy but uh the rest of the year it's um uh yeah there's not a great not, deal there not quite as busy it's not gonna have it's not gonna have a tattoo supplies no <laughs> got it but, yeah. yeah so that's my first one so looking looking forward to that yeah, they're fun, man. Yeah, it's to me, there's nothing better than going to work at a convention or a show um, okay. because you're literally surrounded by a whole bunch of other people that do exactly what you do. Mm -hmm. Get it? Yeah. You know, and it's that kind of camaraderie and that kind of, you know, mm -hmm. just um, for lack of a better term, it's just it, it's that connection to being around a whole bunch of other people that might do things yeah. a little bit differently than you do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's totally fine. We're all tattooers. We all do tattoos, but some of us do them in a different way that can help us expand our mind. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it bond, there's like bond bonding that takes place too. You know, when you Absolutely. go through these experiences with uh, other, you know, artists and like-minded people and it's like this natural uh, organic type bonding that takes place, you know, and it's, awesome. It's kind of nice. Mm -hmm. 
And do you say so on a on a uh, a weekend tattooing? You uh, it's going to be like the Saturday and the Sunday. Would you tattoo both days, or would you say I don't know, tattoo the Saturday and then like sort of party on the Sunday? Or I always save my partying until the absolute end. Uh, okay. If if I go out at all, it's almost always on Sundays. But that's also because I'm very strict with my regimen. I've yeah. um, I've tattooed hungover before, and I do mm. not enjoy it. And I no. do not do good work when I do that. And, yeah. you know, when you're out at conventions and you're around other tattoo artists, you're there. You're not just there representing yourself. You're there mm -hmm. representing the studio you work for. You're representing the area of the world that you come from. You're representing yeah, yeah. your personal brand, which is a big thing for me. Yeah, so yeah. I'm, I'm very strict with that. You know, I try yeah. not to go out and make a fool out of myself the first night because then that's <laughs> all people talk about the whole time. And that's yeah. not fun. No, I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not into partying a great deal anyway. Uh, so that's not, it's not a problem for me, but um, I yeah. would say, take advantage of all the networking you can though. So if you know that there's a group of people going out, by all means, go out with them. You know, maybe don't go quite as hard as they might go, but go yeah. out with them, you know, yeah, network yeah. with them, pick their brains while they're out there. Be like, Oh, I saw you working on this. You know, what were, what were some of the little tricks that maybe you used, you know, so that I can help further my own career and build some skills with certain things that, maybe you know i don't know yeah, for me yeah. it's a big learning experience every time i'm mm -hmm. out with other artists so i mean that's my own two cents though um there are different people who have different takes on things and that's totally fine i respect that but for me that's kind of why i go out and i do what i do okay. um, and that's why i like to travel as much because i'm constantly looking for something more to learn I'm constantly looking for that next little bit of advice that's going to help put me ahead of other people. You know, whether it's, um, you know, bring, have a whole bunch of tattoos that you've done on your phone. Go through and ask them to do a quick little portfolio critique to see if there's something that you really need to be working on or focusing on. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Little things like that can make an absolute world of difference. Uh, as far as, you know, just helping you progress to that next level, you know, mm -hmm. and if you have these guys in one area, ask them, ask them every question you can think of, you know, because that's ultimately going to make you a better artist. Mm -hmm. Granted, that's my two cents. Well, thank you. Much appreciated. Um, so uh, earlier on the call, um, on the Zoom call, uh, I was having problems um, uh, linking to the audio, and I could I heard Bruno, you were talking about uh, a machine that was particularly favourable, um, and did did I get it right? It was a uh, a Dan Kubin. Yeah. Yes. Was it, was it the one that's just 
cartridge or the needle one? Um, it, this particular one is for both. Like it has the option for, um, there's like a little screw adjustment that you do and it goes from being compatible to cartridges to mm. being compatible with a uh, long bar needle. Uh, what's it called? Um, is it, it's not the back. side cranker, is it? No. Uh, Man, I always forget, but I think I uh, might be able to get it for you right now. Let me see. Yeah, his machines pack quite a punch. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I, I've... Um, I'm using a uh, a Numa four now, and they're oh, so yeah. good. Really, really enjoy those. Um, and I'm I'm constantly thinking, oh, maybe I should get the Kubin. Uh, but I don't know. I've so I, I'm sort of I'm into the like the Numa brand like so much and the pen style that the idea of like messing around with uh, like rubber bands and stuff like that is just a bit. I don't know. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm uncertain about it. It's. I think it's called the Sidewinder. It's one of the many different Sidewinders. Right. That, okay. That he has. Uh, no, for sure. I mean, um, I think that it, you know you you can manage to do everything with a rotary machine. Like that's what I've been using. Uh, all this time, really, until I recently started to use the uh, the hybrid, the Dan Cuban. Uh, but for sure, it's undeniable that I'm definitely moving. You know, it could be because of the way that I tattoo, but I'm definitely moving way more efficiently along. You know, okay. and, and getting the getting the line work. Um, you know. Uh, the finish of the line work the way I like it and also like moving along pretty quickly. And so that really <clears throat> makes a huge difference that is worth the trouble because, you know, yeah. like it is easier and more convenient for sure. Personally, um, this is my personal opinion to use just a rotary. Um, you know, it's, it, you don't have to bother with too many things, you know, you hold it like a fat pen, mm -hmm. you know, um, it's, it's great, but, the 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 difference that the other machines been making lately uh makes all that trouble like totally worth it and uh and then and then there's just something about it man like to be able to for me right because I haven't been able to get the result that I wanted with rotaries in general you know I get a decent result for sure it's been working but but not like the type that I can get with these machines and so there's like this additional excitement that I feel now like every time I know I'm gonna use it right like, okay. uh, yeah yeah i just know that uh, i'll have the power to do the things that i want to do with that machine it's kind of an interesting feelings but but yeah man like uh it's it's worth the trouble i i like it i think it might be worth trying out yeah everyone everyone that i speak to that has one is like totally told on them mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah and 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 using a bar needle for sure. That's what I right. Really okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. See, I I don't know. There's something about having everything contained, being able to switch everything out super efficiently, super quickly. 
to me, it's just something that it's hard for me to get away from. Um, I like the efficiency of being able to go through and utilize a cartridge and saying, you know what, this isn't the exact size that I need for this line weight that I want to do. I can sculpt it, but if I've got a lot of lines that are at that same line weight and consistency, sometimes it just makes more sense to pop that one out, grab a different cartridge that's the exact size that I need, and turn mm -hmm. around and be like, okay, this is what I need to use. This is how it's going to work. And I can mm -hmm. go through and zip through everything in a little bit of a faster pace. Mm -hmm. That's just me, I, though. Uh -huh. um, I, I still have my rotary next to me. Yeah, well, for sure. Mm -hmm. And and I doubt you're gonna get rid of having that right next to you for a little mm -hmm. while. No way. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not exchanging it for sure. Um, but yeah, no, for sure. That's like that's the biggest thing about the rotary, right? Like you get to switch, you know, from a fat line to a very thin line. Right. Very very quickly very quickly Where, and i think mm -hmm. that's one of the only hesitations that i have about going back to anything on bar is that i want to have that kind of versatility i want to be able to just turn around switch things out and keep rocking you know but if i go back to on bar i have to set up more machines that takes mm -hmm. more time you know so it's not necessarily the direction that i personally would choose to go Mm -hmm. But once again, that's just a very personal opinion about Absolutely. certain things. Right. Yeah, like uh, yesterday to do uh, this black and gray floral piece that I did, um, the grand majority of the line work was like, a, uh, you know, like a type five type of volume. And so like not too thin, not too thick. So that, that was the needle that I lined up on the hybrid. And, and so I would get all like the uh, main lines, you know, the silhouette lines uh, with the hybrid, which was the, the grand majority. And then I would, I, I would switch, once I would finish a whole section uh, doing all those lines, then I would switch to the uh, the Zion I was using, um, and I had uh, a uh, you know like a really fine tight three to to do like some of the like intricacies within the flower, and uh, and then I also had you know like a fifteen magnum to just kind of map out some of the um, some of the shading that I had you know incorporated into the stencil. And, uh, and that's, and that's how I did it. And so for sure, you know, like using the hybrid, uh, was key, but also in combination, in combination for sure with the, with the rotary and, and what that provides, you know, which is, you know, what we love about rotaries, you know, that versatility and that convenience. Um, and so, yeah. And, um, so that, yeah, I just, you know, like for sure, like it was in combination of the two machines, you know, the, the fact that things went so well, not just because of the one. Sometimes it takes, you know, trying different things out and, uh, you know, 
figuring out whether or not this is for you or whether you like this more or that more. Sometimes it's mm -hmm. not one easy answer. Sometimes you're like, oh, well, I really like this for this one, but maybe it didn't work quite so well for this one, you know? So sometimes mm -hmm. it takes a little bit of experimenting. Sometimes it takes a little bit of playing around with it, seeing what you like it for and how it works and, um, you know, yeah. what you like to use it for is the big thing. Um, you know, like I... Seeing how it healed, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because at the end of the day, if it's not going to heal right, then what's the sense in using it? Exactly. You know, and that's why I was asking you, what have you noticed about, you know, skin irritation? Um, has it been getting red at all? Has it been, um, you know, what's, what's the impact like? Because that's going to directly translate down to, um, you know, mm -hmm. how does it heal? You know, are you, is exactly. your skin going to calm down so that you can see any potential holidays in it? Is the uh, redness going to be able to go away so you can get a decent photo of it after it's done? Um, or your gray is going to be coming out a lot faster with it. Uh, but if you're using it strictly for lining, then that's a little bit of a different story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, like when I when I tried it out with the cartridges, it, I definitely wasn't, you know, like pleasantly, you know, I noticed the, that there was a little bit of a harsh impact on me. You know, again, I didn't like test it out enough. Maybe I would have found a way, you know, to be fair for sure. But you know, I just didn't want to be testing it out. You know, like when right on, just a, on a live person. Or... Yeah, exactly. So I actually just you know went back to what I was using at the time, and I had already heard from some friends that they, in particular, uh, feel very strong about it because they they tell me, man, like if if, if I didn't use the the hybrid to do the line work at conventions, I would never finish that piece, uh, you know? And um, and and I, I get what they're saying right now, but, you know, because of that, um, you know, I was like, hmm, maybe I should give it a try, you know, give it another try, but this time with a long bar needle, you know, it makes sense that it's probably gonna work better than cartridges. And um, and that, and then when I, when I used it with the long bar, I, I did, definitely did not see the same kind of like, unwanted impact that that I had seen right but for sure there is some like getting used to it first you know because it can hit hard it can hit hard but you just have to like you know uh very carefully find your way towards that um uh ideal uh way to use it right with the voltage and the whole thing okay because uh, I mean uh, I really enjoy the Numa, um, but for and it works and it heals really nice for lines, but um, it's slow. Do you know what I mean? It's for 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 lines. I do have to slow all the way down. You know, I can't sort of, I can't you know sort of speed up and get decent um, uh, decent you know decent healing lines um so that that would definitely be you know it, um uh, something i've been looking at especially for say for instance if i'm doing tribal uh and it's all of those lines you know just like line after line after line after line um yeah and i, I can get them we're looking really nice but you know it does make the uh 
it slows things down, which ultimately, you know, sort of uh, makes a tattoo cost more, um, you know, which, you know, anyway, yeah. I which agree. isn't bad for me, but... <laughs> right, right. But it does, you know, sometimes put people off, you know, when you're sort of saying, ah, well, you know, realistically, you're looking at like, you know, like three or four sessions and you sort of, and you think, man, I know that, you know, it could be done quicker if I had a sort of quicker machine. But yeah, no, the uh, the side Do one. Do you know what stroke it has, the machine? Which one? The, the one that you're using? Is the it like new, 4.0 or, uh, Numa, or it's 3.5? Got it. Now, usually the, the 4.0s have like a better, I don't know if Newman has a, a version with a 4.0 stroke, but or and up stroke but those usually tend to like work a little bit better to do line work even though the 3.5 will work too yeah no it did um i used the 4.2 cam uh and it did seem to uh work pretty well but some of you know sometimes it didn't like the ink wasn't always getting in as like consistently you know, sometimes with clients would come back and it'd be, you know, like, uh, you know, little bits where, I don't know, the the uh, the line was like, inconsistent. Now, it might be that I was uh, hanging the needle out too much. And so, you know, the needle wasn't going back in and filling up with uh, ink. Um, yeah, so I will try it again. Um, but. Yeah, with a 3.5, uh, the lines are just like really nice uh, and they heal very mm -hmm. nicely. But it's going to slow down a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that, that's always been my experience as well. Um, I recently picked up the Soul Nova Unlimited uh, 3.5, and mm -hmm. I have been absolutely in love with that machine for black and gray. Um, like bar none like that is my go-to daily driver right now for everything black and gray um solid black tribal stuff and you know some color stuff uh, especially if i want to do multiple passes multiple layers or if you know i'm trying to get some really good color blending going on um i'll switch over to that as opposed to my uh flux my fk irons flux and it is just a dream come true Mm -hmm. uh, it's i think it's because it's got a shorter stroke length so it's actually causing less immediate right. trauma less redness so the skin's coming down a bit faster um don't get me wrong i i love it for all of that and i like it for certain types of outlining like if i'm sculpting or building up a line i'll use it but i'm not necessarily going to use it to push anything bigger um right. it's just not it doesn't have that kind of impact that I like for bigger lines. So, so, so what, it would be nice for color blending too. Oh yeah. I'm sure. What, like for what, that finesse, you know, smooth color blend, you know, it, it'll tend to work better than a 4.0. So, so Jason, what do you classify as we said, like the bigger lines, what, uh, what do you, bigger lines, uh, loose 11s, you know, really, uh, really <laughs> open, very spread 11s. Yeah. Uh, 14s, anything over like a nine, um, mm -hmm. I classify as like a bigger line, yeah, yeah. Uh, just because that's 
to me a big line. Yeah, um, I mean, even open nines it can do, but it's kind of a struggle sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes I find myself really just sitting back and being like, you know, I probably should just switch over to the other machine. I'm kind of in a groove right now, so I'm not really trying to mess with it too much. But like, yeah. you know, it's like, oh, okay, that line didn't come out perfectly clear. Okay, cool. Let me switch over, you know, and I, I might not want to. I might want to just continue on with that machine if I have to go back to smaller lines. But it's, I don't know, it's, it's different. You know, for some bigger groupings, you do need a little bit of extra power. Um, that's just kind of the nature of the beast. When you have more penetration points in the skin and you're trying to push a larger number of pins into the skin, mm. you have one of two options that you can use, right? You can either alter your angle of approach so you can kick it back at a more extreme angle, which is actually going to cause less skin resistance. Um, which will allow you to penetrate the skin easier. But if you're doing that, you're also utilizing less pins on the surface of the grouping. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So you have to kind of be careful about that. So that's one option. The other option is get a machine that's got a bit more of a stroke length with a little bit more velocity to it. And that velocity in and of itself is going to allow that impact to push through that top layer of skin a little bit easier, regardless of that larger surface area that you have to penetrate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just, these are just things that I've come across um, that have helped me. Hopefully, you know, someone out there that's watching will be like, oh, that's a good idea. Um, but that's just, those are just a couple of little tricks that I've come across. Um, but it also depends if I'm building a line and I've got a big quarter inch thick or, you know, four or five millimeter thick line that I'm trying to sculpt out and build out for like a full sleeve or a back piece, you know, maybe I'm going to take my time with the 3.5 and I'm going to build it up and I'm going to build it up slowly and sculpt it out so that it's 100% perfect which at that point in time is almost like doing tribal where you're going through and you're doing a double line and then filling in between. Um, But often if I'm doing a line that big, instead of using a liner, I'm just going to grab something like a five mag or a seven mag. And, um, you know, I'll literally just color it in like it's tribal and I'll just go straight to the mag and just color it, color away. And because when you look at line, and this might be a little bit of a different way to approach things. When you're looking at line, all it really is, is a shape, right? Yeah, yeah. Right? So if you're looking at line more along the lines of, this is just a larger contour shape, it takes on a different dimension and it takes on a different type of characteristic, right? Because it goes through and you're no longer seeing it as, okay, this needs to be a clean single pass line. This mm-hmm. needs to be, um, you know, you're now looking at it more as, okay, I need to develop and create this shape on the exterior of the design. Mm-hmm. You know? But keep in mind, I'm talking lines that are unbelievably big where, you know, maybe it's too big for even a loose 14. So you kind of mm-hmm. have to do a double pass with it. 
Yeah. Um, or maybe you want like some of those like spiky little endpoints. Maybe you wanted mm -hmm. to have a bit more of a jagged kind of profile. Um, those are all different things that you kind of have to think a little bit more about. So just some food for thought. So, so um, Bruno, does that, uh, the, uh, the Cubin, that's good for uh, bigger lines like 14s and... Uh, I'm sure it is. Um, I haven't personally had the opportunity to use it for that. Uh, right. the, only, the only thing that I have used it for so far has been with a Type 5. Um, if <laughs> I, if, and, and like, but I'm sure that, you know, especially if I would have flipped the clip cord and put the red side of the clip cord facing up, uh, which I think is the negative side, um, then the machine would have more power and it would be more optimal for, for a bolder line. But I think that, you know, all these years that I've been tattooing, whenever I've had, a situation um, using the rotary machines uh, to do bold lines. I've used an eight round shader. Like I found an eight round shader to be um, one of my best options to, to make a nice, fat, clean, bold line. Um, and when I do that, I will most likely build up the line instead of like just, like if I was using the, the Dan Cuban, um i would i would just move right along like like doing a, a, you know like we normally do lines but yeah because i have to adjust with a rotary to use it you know um uh, as best as i feel like it could be used i've gotten the best results building up fat lines and it takes a little bit longer you know um but i get the job done and and, uh, you know, I don't run into that many situations with big, fat, bold lines. And so that's been okay for me. But if I would run into more situations where I had to do a lot of fat lines, then I would probably set up my, my hybrid machine because then I would be able to move with it a lot quicker. Like, just like I do any other thin line, I would do those fat lines with the with the hybrid yeah. machine. So that, that would save me time. But since that's not the case for me, I haven't really felt the urge to, the, the urgency, I mean, to, uh, um, you know, use it for that. And so right now with the A-round shaders, I'm all set using the rotary. Yeah. The 4.0 seems to work better, um, the flux um, in this particular case, uh, for me to use an A-round shader and do, um, those type of lines it's it could be done with the 3.5 but it's easier to do it and more effective with the 4.0 it's got that velocity to it man and i'm all mm -hmm. about that velocity when you've mm -hmm. got that that velocity coming down and just jamming it in and out real quick boom absolutely fantastic mm -hmm. now what, mm -hmm. what totally. stroke length does the um i don't maybe you know this maybe you don't but uh, do you know what stroke length that Dan Kubin has? I don't think I do. I don't think I do, but I can find out. Um, I, um, I'm actually I'd not at the studio right now. Know. Yeah, I'll find out for you, but I have no idea. I mean, it, not if it puts you out, man. Like, 
Because I know sitting down with like, you know, a ruler or something like that, trying to fill out, figure out like stroke, even stroke length on a coil machine, right? Like sitting mm-hmm. down being like, is this, is this, this length? I, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe it's that, that long. Maybe it's like a little, it's a little over this. Let me try a different ruler. Oh, well now on this ruler, it's a little bit, you know, less, you know, okay. so if it, if it's going to put you out, man, don't even worry about it. It was just a curiosity of mine. You know, yeah, no, what I've always found no is, uh-huh. I, don't get me wrong though. And, and this uh-huh. is like one of the, the counterintuitive things that a lot of people maybe don't think about. I used to be able to pull the biggest, fattest, boldest lines you could ever imagine when I was using my Injecta with a mm-hmm. 3.25 cam, right? At which uh-huh. seems counterproductive because like 3.25 like doesn't necessarily have the downward velocity or the downward force to really drive something super huge but some of the best big lines I've ever created in my life were done with that. Um, nice. And I'm not sure if it's, if it was because of the motor in it or if it was because of something else, but that thing, man, it had so much power behind that motor and the power band on it was incredible. You could run that. Which thing one was it again? The Injecta Flight Nano Elite. Yeah, I had the the blast brass one, which was my mm-hmm. baby, my daily driver for the longest time. Um, mm-hmm. And I still to this day will pull it out every now and then for certain things. But it's it was just absolutely incredible Powerful. for anything that I needed it for. And the power band on it goes from 15 volts all the way down to, I think, like six. Like six point five or something like that. So you can really dial it in exactly where you need it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved that fact about it. Granted, I never really ran it over like eight or nine, but um, I know some people that would swear by it at like 11 and a half, 12, you know, for like lining or smooth black and gray work or whatever. And um, I tried it there and it just wasn't necessarily for me. Mm-hmm. But you know, everyone's a little bit different. Everyone's got a little yeah. bit of a different, you know, hand speed. Everyone's mm-hmm. got a little bit of a different feel as far as hand pressure or, you know, what they like in certain things. So, no doubt. you know, circling back to, to what I mentioned earlier, we all do the same thing, but we all do it in a little bit of a different way. And that's kind of help. That's kind of what helps us determine our own unique style and our own unique preference. Yeah, absolutely. That's very true. Um, everybody's got a different hand and, you know, different way of applying pressure and different habits, you know, that they started with maybe, you know, some muscle memory type thing, or uh, just the way that you understand the process, you know, is unique to you. So for sure, you know, it, it, you want to be open to, you know, just kind of um, finding what's best for you and not necessarily what, what, the, what the good word is out there, right? Because sometimes um, it, what works for you is going to be unique to you.
but having the right tool though it makes a huge difference once you find the right tool the one that works for you um it makes a real big huge difference and you know it it takes away all those like unpleasant trees of tattooing when things are not going you know the way that you want them right there's nothing like just having a, a session where everything just works exactly like you were hoping it would and then you know it it takes you to knock out the piece you know good feeling I, I feel like i had one of those sessions yesterday just well, left me awesome. with a smile on my face yeah mm-hmm. i think my headphones are gonna die medusa hey medusa sorry i'm late i uh I actually, t- this morning was the first time I actually got to catch up on sleep. So sleep, what's that? Uh, it's um, a very important thing that I know that you <laughs> don't know what it is. <laughs> we need to talk. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> wait, that's that period of time where like you don't do tattoo things, right? Uh, yes, it's the period of time where your body and your brain rest and rejuvenate so that you can keep doing tattoos well. Oh, I should try that. Some of us yeah. mortals do. <laughs> Maybe that's yeah. what I'm not doing right. I don't know. I'm I'm full tilt all the time like that. Take naps. <laughs> yeah. Take naps. yeah. Oh, how's everybody doing? Doing well. Doing well. Doing well. Just working on this um this painting that I've been working on for a little while now, and hopefully I can get some more progress in on it. Um it's looking good, man. Love those that combination of like teals and lavenders in there. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love the way that, so the tattoo itself actually turned out a little bit different as far as color scheme goes, which is fine, um, because this was actually supposed to be a color study for the tattoo, but mm-hmm. I ended up getting a chance to work on the tattoo um, before I could finish the color study, so now I'm just kind of having fun with it, um, but it's you know, it's a little bit off. It's um, the teals that are in the actual tattoo itself have almost more of like that ectoplasmic kind of light greenish teal kind of awkward, weird color that's like super, super vibrant. Um, and it's really, really difficult to mimic that color. Mm-hmm. So I'm just kind of going through and, you know, basically just playing around with this a little bit trying to get a little bit more um, coverage done. I like the way that the glass kind of has that nice reflection to it, but just trying to add in some of those like weird, awkward, like if the glass is obscuring some of the pink crystals in the background, um, just trying to like get that accurate. Nailing it, man. It's a beauty. I dig it. It's very good looking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's getting there. I got a little bit more purple that I want to wash into the bottom of it. 
Um, and then I need to go back through with some ochres and some umbers to really kind of get the skull to look the way that I want it to. Um, in fact, maybe that's what I'll work on next, just to kind of finish that part up. Sepia. Nice. What you working on, Medusa? Uh, I am gessoing the background of a shadow box that I am making um, based off of a prompt that Dusty Pitstick gave me. So uh, you guys know of Dusty from Robbie and Dusty's uh, Monday show. Um, hopefully, mm -hmm. if you haven't seen it yet, you definitely should. Uh, let's talk about feelings. Um, uh, I got to hang out with them after I hung out with Bruno in Florida. And uh, Dusty always has really funny, punny drawing ideas. So I texted him and I was like, what should I draw? And he said, I'm going to give you three words. Uh, here's your prompts. And there is, it was a kite, hip hop and flower. And that turned into a sketch on my plane ride home. And now I'm going to make a shadow box out of it. So I have made some flowers, uh, painted some flowers oh, nice. and cut them out. Um, and I already have some fake foliage laying around. This is real foliage. This is fake foliage. And, uh, I painted a little boom box. Cute little That's boom badass. box. And I origamied a kite. And so I'm going to put them all together in a shadow box. So, uh, yeah, that one little prompt for a sketch just kind of turned into a full-blown project. So right now I'm gessoing the background and um, I'm trying to figure out what kind of colors I want the background to be to uh, not... Contrast all those elements. Yeah. So the... Um, Flowers are like natural reds, almost like a poppy, almost, not really, maybe a globe mallow flower. Um, and then the boombox and the kite the are super, awesome. and they're super neon. So um, mm -hmm. I'm trying to figure out what kind of contrasting colors. So I'm thinking with all of these, main color elements a co a good contrast would be like purple uh, i was just gonna say indigo um but yeah purple so i'm thinking of making the background which is the backboard of the thing and it's got wet gesso on it so i'm not touching it right now is i'm gonna start out with like a darker blue and kind of fade into um purple tone and then have maybe a peach at the bottom um more like a sky like a sky like mm -hmm. a sun setting sky um but without like the reds and oranges of a sunset more of just um a peach colored haze and then like purpley blues on the top so 
So. We'll see how that goes. I uh, have been also trying to film every um, uh, step of it um, and kind of make videos like that. Um, it's really fun. But yeah, uh, that's what I'm working on. What are y'all working on? Oh, and a commission. You can't really see it because of the screen, but it's mostly just a bunch of scribbles. I have been commissioned to do a band t-shirt for my friend's band, who is blowing up in the heavy metal scene, and I'm very impressed with them. Awesome. What's the name of the band? Uh, Blind Oath. And they only started their band like a year ago, but they're already uh, playing shows with really big names and getting on bills for some pretty impressive festivals. And so I'm very proud of them. And they asked me, uh, one of, uh, they're a bunch of friends of mine, and one of them asked me if I would be their go-to artist for all of their future merch and oh, yeah. everything and our trial business run is going to be this t-shirt design which i'm already Dang. proud of so i'm all like eh, yeah i got this in the bag um i'm really happy That's with awesome. how even my scribbles are turning out so <laughs> yeah congrats that sounds awesome thanks bruno what are you working on um I'm starting to put together a design for tomorrow, but earlier I was working on this figure drawing. I worked on my figure drawing early today. Oh, yeah. I spent a little bit more time than the normal because I was just chatting with Jason, but this is it. So you told Jason about the figure drawing challenge? No, not yet. All right. I know Jason, nothing about this. Perk your ear yeah. balls up. Because we're inviting we... you to join, too, now, officially. Yep, it's official. We're inviting you live. Now, we're just uh, holding each other accountable for doing, at, you know, at least like a 10-minute daily figure drawing uh, practice. And, um, you know, like, all you really need to spend is just 10 minutes. If you want to, you can, like, take it a little further and work on it some more, but um just to have like a daily practice you know of uh you know like just investing 10 minutes which is always a possibility yeah you can um, find 10 minutes while waiting for your coffee to brew um we've been using quickposes.com mm -hmm. okay um and i've been setting a timer on my phone on my um uh and on my uh, um ipad depending on where i'm drawing and everything for 10 minutes i've only done uh 10 minute exercises so far i haven't carried them on longer but they've been working out really well i've posted the last couple of ones that i did um on instagram mm -hmm. so like that's where i'm showing my practices i like showing them to the public too because it kind of makes it adds on to the accountability mm -hmm. You know, like anytime I talk to another person, they're like, oh, yeah, 
you were posting a bunch of sketches like what were those for and then I can introduce them to the whole concept or Mm -hmm. uh, you know like why'd you stop posting those sketches and then I can admit that I fell off the wagon (laughs) yeah and inevitably you know like the beauty of this practice is that even though it's just 10 minutes a day like inevitably if you do this for 30 days like you're gonna see results you know um and all it really took is just like 10 minutes a day but uh but yeah I wasn't really saying much yet because you know I wanted to like remain consistent you know for at least like 10 days you know so that then I could be like you know what you know like this is what 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 we're doing join us Nah, Um, you just wanted to get a head start uh, (laughs) yeah again you know me too well oh yeah you're just starting this challenge i've already got 10 done Uh, (laughs) the thing is the tricky thing about the 10 minute thing is that man like recently after 10 minutes man i really don't like what i see like medusas have been coming out nice after 10 minutes but like mine i just like i'm like i can't show this like no i'm gonna just invest another few minutes but you know i know that the day is gonna come and i'm only gonna have 10 minutes to give and that's what i'll do but but uh, i've been having fun with them i've been using the uh color color race pencil i think it's a prisma color race and uh those are fun I love yeah. those. Yeah, I um, <clears throat> I decided to start posting mine to hold myself account accountable and also to uh, help myself kind of let go of my perfectionism mm. because Good. I'm not even going to lie, like five minutes into these drawings and I fucking hate what I'm doing. Like, I do not like it. I think it looks like crap. And then you can, like, and one of them I recorded and I watched myself in the video to see, like, what I'm doing without actually doing it. And I could tell where I started falling off and started just being like, I give up. I don't want to work on this anymore. How long till the 10 minutes is up? Um, But uh, uh, I've only been doing 10 minutes because um, I want to keep that consistent. And Mm -hmm. my goal is on uh, March 10th to uh, go through and see what my uh, improvement has been after like 30 days. Um, So I'm trying to do 30 consecutive days and then we'll see what happens after that. Um, And I'm really excited to see how I improve because it's inevitable. You will improve when you're doing the same thing over and over Mm -hmm. again every single day. You're going to get better at it. It's like Mm -hmm. virtually impossible to get worse. Um, Exactly. Kyle was like a good example of that. You know, he took on that challenge. Oh, my God, his Stradiesel challenge. Uh Uh-huh. Inevitably, you know, you saw the, you know, the progress. And that's kind of what inspired me to, you know. Thanks, Kyle. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, he's going to end up absolutely crushing everything. Yeah, Kyle's Kyle B has a very bright future ahead of him. And Kyle, if you're listening to this, that's no reason to slack off and get cozy. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, like my uncle would say, uh, man, that was badass, but chill, chill, chill. Bajate, bajate. He says, bajate. Go back down, go back down. Uh, but yeah, he's killing it. He's killing it. Yeah. 
Um, I am probably after this phone call going to do my 10 minute challenge and then get ready to work, go to work. I'm very excited about my project today, everybody. What are you working I'm, on? I'm going to do a portrait of Bat Boy. Oh, interesting. From Weekly World News. I'm so excited. That's fun. Uh, Weekly World News. In, uh, to black and gray. Entertained. The only news that matters. <laughs> Let's get real here. I mean, have you paid attention to the actual news in the last like four years or so? No, it's trash and it's depressing. Everything sucks. The world's ending. But weekly world news, we got Bat Boy. <laughs> Is <laughs> That's it in all color you need. or black and gray? Oh, black and gray. We're going classic. Nice. Uh, I honestly, I don't know what Bat Boy looks like in color. Nobody I does. I don't think Bat Boy is in color. Oh, so that's is that the Bat Boy from like the uh the that magazine? Yeah, Weekly Fire? World News. Oh, that's what you're talking about. Okay, yeah. Oh yeah. shit, that's gonna be fucking awesome. Yeah, I'm like, so excited. Yeah, my client has been coming to me religiously since I started every mm-hmm. month. I love him. I love, and he brought his wife and she comes in to get tattoos. I tattooed their 18-year-old son. They have a 14-year-old son who is basically all just like, yeah, uh, when I turn 18, Medusa's going to do this, blah, blah, blah. And I'm all like, yes, I love this family so much. <laughs> um, but uh, 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 yeah, he after we finished our last project, he texted me like a long list of all the things that he wanted to get tattooed and they're all such fun ideas uh but as soon as i said bat boy i saw bat boy i was like we're doing bat boy we're doing bat boy immediately <laughs> so excited everything's going very well art wise on uh this end that's good yeah it's great i joined late so i am not sure actually if there was a topic today uh, today we were discussing machines, um, different stroke lengths, techniques, um, lining and things that we like for lining and things that we don't like for lining and efficiency and equipment. Lots of different stuff. Nice. Yeah, I am uh, on my couch right now. I have laid out a bunch of envelopes and uh, three different machines that I have been slacking off of getting back to get repaired. Two of them dropped and uh, one of them um, just seems to be bogged down. I don't think it made the travel very well. Which machines? Um, my Numas got dropped. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, they were sitting on my mayo tray in uh, my uh, gun case and someone uh, happened to walk by their hit brushed the gun case it fell to the floor and so did the two machines um, and uh, my FK irons uh, spectra Zion get down from there Jonesy sorry um, he, yeah good boy um and that one i don't know 
I don't know what happened. I just, I think it might've maybe gotten a little jumbled around during the travel because it seems to be bogged down now. Um, and I have one more backup machine, but I hate it. So this is lighting a fire up my under my ass to be like, oh, remember that time I talked to Carson and told him I was going to send him my machines? I need to actually do that. Um, so, yeah, I actually had a long discussion with uh, uh, Robbie and Dusty when I was down in Florida about uh, rotary pens being pretty fragile. Yeah. And like a uh, like my Valhalla Axis. Oh fuck! I gotta send that one back too. The motor's just kind of has lost its umph. It never got dropped or anything. I used it every day for like uh, nine months straight, and it was perfect. And then suddenly, it just kind of or not suddenly, like gradually, the motor just kind of felt like it was like losing its power. Um. But I hear that the axis, that's kind of a thing that happens. So little background about that company. The guy who actually engineers makes and builds those machines. Like the guy that actually, like, he puts them together for, like, prototyping and all that stuff. Um, he's actually, believe it or not, a former watchmaker. So he's got everything down to such tight tolerances. It's ridiculous. Um, that means if there is anything off at all in any way or if things heat up too much or if anything like that happens there's a chance that something might get thrown off so just to like put that on your radar that it might not be anything that you've done it might just be you know the machine itself so just keep that in mind um, but yeah most machine builders and most machine companies are really, really, really good about making sure that their products are good, solid, stable, consistent, and that nothing is going to happen to them. Um, every now and then you run into an issue with certain companies, which I shall not name just for legal purposes, um, that, you know, like to outsource a lot of their repairs to places that or try to extort you for charges um and those are definitely companies that i may or may not ever buy from ever again yeah i uh, um i mean i'm i'm pretty embarrassed that i have to send so many machines out all at once but this all all of this stuff happened over the course of a long time and it's not that i just suddenly broke all of my machines one or two different things happened like with the numas that was just a an accident you know um and uh with the axis i know that that that's just normal wear and tear because i use that for every tattoo um in a walk-in shop where i was doing anywhere from like seven to eleven tattoos a day so like that motor i got i got a lot out of that motor um but uh, I just have been slacking on being on top of all of my stuff. And um, it wasn't until I was actually stuck with my backup that I'm all like, oh, man, I hate my backup. I better actually, like, work on all, everything else. Oh, Bruno and I uh, built one of my uh, um, 
National Machines. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. We're down there. When are you planning on coming out to visit Fast Alley again? Uh, July, the end of July. So 27th, 28th, 29th. And I think there's an art show at uh, Lost and Found Tattoo on the 30th. And uh, we're going to party. Yes, we will. I will bring my machines. Um, the entire time that Bruno and I were working on the other machine, uh, I kept being I'm like, we got to call Jason. <laughs> Jason, help us. Yeah. <laughs> I love tinkering with uh, coil machines and yeah. messing with them. Yeah, it's just it's nostalgic for me because like I I spent so long trying to understand and learn about coils and like trying to figure them out and be like, okay, well, what happens if I do this and what happens if I do that and what about this and what about that, that like I ended up, you know, reaching out to a whole bunch of people that really knew way more than I did. I ended up spending about a year with a guy. Um, who knew the ins, outs, ups, downs, and everything about coils, uh, spent about a year working with him, learning about these machines, building frames from scratch, um, you know, winding coils with them, you know, sitting down and talking about like spring theory and spring tension and uh, return force and all types of other stuff and just really getting into the nitty gritty of it. And uh, so for me, working on coil machines is like, it's nostalgic. It really is. Uh, in fact, I have to reach out to uh, Caroline uh, to find out what she has going on and if she wants me to come back out for another machine seminar this spring. Which Caroline? Uh, uh, Ann Evans. I love her. I love her so much. Yeah, good people. Evan, but she, she had Evans me out a... last year um, to do a machine seminar with two of her apprentices where we sat down. They had the, uh, the build it yourself kits for more coarse irons, um, which are great machines, by the way. But they were encountering some issues and couldn't pinpoint what was going on with them. And I was like, don't worry, I'll come out there and uh, we'll figure it out. How far and, are you uh, from Evan's shop? Sorry. Maybe an hour. Okay, good to know. Yeah, it's, I'm not far at all. Radiant Energy is the name of her shop, right? Yep. And was Jilly one of the... Uh... Yep. Oh my God, I love Jilly. Yeah, Jilly's, Jilly's good people. She's um, a sweet, good girl. I met her at uh, really Paradise. Uh, where I met you. Yep. Uh, but yeah, that's really awesome that you got to go out there and help with that. I definitely want to come visit you and learn machine stuff. I know I've said that a million times, but I actually very much mean it. Well, I am always around. I am always available. I will make the time. You are not always around. I believe that you are half of the time traveling between conventions. Well, believe it or not, I don't have that many lined up this year. Um, really? In fact, I specifically made it a point to take a little bit of a break from working as many shows as I usually do. 
uh, just to like take some time and, you know, time for myself, time for, you know, different things that I got going on that I want to put more into a priority perspective. Um, you know, so I'm actually calming down on some of the shows that I usually work. Uh, I may or may not be heading back out to Resurrection Island in the fall. Uh, that still has yet to be determined. I might do it, but I can't make any guarantees on it. Um, just based on finances and time constraints and stuff like that. Uh, I was also trying to work at the Paris show this year, but if that falls through, I may actually head out to Scotland to uh, go and visit a very good friend of mine named Mikel, uh, who I met down in Puerto Rico uh, a couple of years ago. Um, so that may be happening, but if that happens, that's not going to be happening till the fall. But I'm actually really cutting down on a lot of the uh, shows that I'm doing this year. I bet that'll be really good for you to take some time away from traveling and focus more on uh, the not traveling part of tattooing. Because, I mean, you've been out and about a lot. I think this whole last year, like, there's been times where I've texted you and be like, uh, I'm on the road. I'll get back to you, blah, blah, blah. And that's happened so many times. Yeah. And it's always well, good to take some time to recenter yourself. And, you know, I mean, absolutely. I bet your cat misses you all the time. Oh, uh, yeah. It was getting to the point where, you know, at one point in time, I was actually turning around and it was like, okay, cool. I've got uh, about a week in between here and here where I'll be back. And then, okay, you know what, I'll be gone for a week here, and then I'm doing this show here, and then I've got this going on here. Um, I may have some time here and here. Does that work? You know, and I hated being that way. Don't I think get me wrong. I was in one of those conversations with you. Exactly. Don't get me wrong. I love to travel. I learn so much every time I go anywhere new that it's really just enlightening. Um, it's something that I really enjoy doing. It's something that I really love to do. And it's something that I try to do as often as I can, but you know, I, it, there is a downside to it. And that's when you start to neglect your bread and butter clientele, you know, the people that really help you pay your bills, the people that are your home base, the people that really go through and help support you when times are tough that are like, Oh, dude. Oh, you're, you're struggling, right? Cool. Guess what? Book me down for a full sleeve. I'm going to come in, you know, and we'll get rocking on that. You know, yeah, those you are the people you that you like, need, you need to keep around, you know, um, gotta take care of them. exactly. So, you know, I did a little bit of like, uh, I did a little bit of like, you know, just self-analysis, which I'm very big on. And sat back and I was like, okay, you know what? I need to calm down with this. Um, I need to kind of reset, recenter, take a little bit more time to really focus on my home clientele um, and really make sure that they're doing okay and that I haven't lost any of them, you know, because it was getting to the point where it was like, okay, um, you know, maybe I can get you in here and here. Does that work? I shouldn't have to do that. Uh, my schedule was just too tight. So it was like, okay, I'm going to take a little bit of time off. 
uh, from traveling as much and um, just play it by ear. You know, maybe I'll schedule something for the fall if I can make it. If the Paris show goes on again this year, I'd love to go to work at that one. Uh, that's been a dream of mine for many, many years. So we'll see if that ends up happening. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And I'm okay with that. But um, I would love it if that happened. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. I try not to plan super far in advance anymore. Uh, just because you never know what can happen in life. So I've, uh, yeah, just been taking a little bit of time. That's really, really good and really smart. I, um, I am just getting my first taste of traveling this year. Uh, many, many big thanks to you, Jason. Um, I actually, I, I, I have to, like, I know I've already thanked you enough. Uh, I don't think enough, but you probably are tired of hearing it. I but, very uh, much am. <laughs> like, I, I want to give a big, a big credit to where I'm at now is really a lot to you. Um, you've definitely done wonders for me. You've helped me out a lot and you've introduced me to great people. You've helped me figure out traveling and everything. And uh, I got uh, one week out of every month until July booked for um, something. And I think the reason that I was able to do that is because I had the experience of traveling with you and the encouragement and inspirations that I get from you. Um, well, you know, I'm one of those people where, yeah, I, I take a bigger and more broad perspective on a lot of things. And I, anytime I travel, especially, there's going to be situations that come up where people will, some people will turn around and be like, oh, well, fuck this you know, this is terrible. Like this, this whole thing is like, you know, not working out the way that I wanted it to. And it's like, yeah, but that's okay. Things don't always have to go the way that you want them to you just kind of have to roll with it sometimes. That's just the nature of the beast. Um, you know, but it's like, I'm one of those people where everything is a learning experience, everything. And it doesn't big, small, doesn't matter it's a learning experience as long as you have that kind of a perspective on it. Yeah. That's an awesome. Um, it's a good way to keep yourself humble too. Absolutely. Uh, taking everything as a learning experience and not taking things for granted or um, putting too much expectations well, and that's, I think, the major issue, right? A lot of people go into a lot of things and they've got certain expectations for it. And it's like, but if you have expectations, you're going to be missing certain things, right? You, you have to go into a lot of these situations, especially when you travel, with no expectations. And as long as you go into it with no expectations, you'll be fine. Because it doesn't matter what happens at that point. You're like, oh, this happened cool, I'll roll with it, you know, yeah. but when you go in and you've got certain expectations for certain things to happen in a certain way, or just certain things to happen in general, that's when a lot of people tend to get discouraged. And that's when a lot of people kind of mentally shut themselves down and they say, well, 
it just wasn't a good time. And it's like, but why? Why didn't you learn at least one thing? Like there had to have been at least one thing that you picked up along the way, whether it's something you like, something you don't like, uh, something about tattooing, something about fine art, something about the environment, something about the people. You know, I, I can go through, I remember working at a show out in Europe and I went into it with expectations and it was the biggest mistake I ever made. And, um, you know, I ended up taking a huge loss, but the thing that really blew my mind was that when I came back to the States and I sat down and I really thought about everything that had transpired while I was there, I was like, that was an awesome show. It was absolutely amazing. Like how, how could this have been in anything other than awesome? I am really, really glad that you're mentioning this. Um, it reminds me of when I went to Puerto Rico with you. Uh, I had specifically, I mean, that was a very nerve wracking thing for me. My imposter syndrome was through the roof. I definitely struggled with feeling like I didn't deserve to be there. Um, you were an amazing amazing friend along the way uh and but also like when i went there i had originally planned the trip not to even tattoo at all my expectations were not zero expectations but to just go have fun meet some cool people and hang out with my good friend jason and i kept and those look at what ended up happening you ended up working at a very exclusive show absolutely crushing every tattoo that came about you know and i met some yeah. fucking cool people absolutely yeah. not just tattooists but my clients were incredible like there was a woman i tattooed who told me like we her and her husband got matching tattoos they've been together for 20 years and she told me some incredible stories like i i had to take a moment in that tattoo to catch my breath i was so like touched like she gave birth in the car on the way to the hospital in the passenger seat and she was telling me about like their relationship and their life and i just I met so many incredible people that have just beautiful stories, not just tattooers. And like, that was so much more than what I expected because I like kept my expectations low, just going to have fun, hang out at the booth. And that's the way that you should approach every show. It really is. You know, most things in life, really. Yeah, true. Very true. But, you know, that all circles back to a personal philosophy I have about, you know, you should never work a show unless you're willing to completely and totally take a loss on it. Because at the end of the day, you're probably going to get more out of it from the experience than you will out of it from the money that you stand to make there. You know, so go into it. Don't worry about the money. Don't worry about anything else. Look at the experience that you're going to be having. And that's ultimately what's going to matter, right? Like I've got a friend of mine that I met at the Dublin, Ireland show uh, who's from Kuala Lumpur, right? 
So now I've got that kind of a contact and we keep in touch all the time. And I have watched this guy grow and absolutely start 100% crushing everything, you know, and it's just absolutely amazing to see where he was and where he's at now. And, you know, picking his brain, picking up, you know, Instagram, sending him a message being like, Hey dude, like, um, you know, just curious. Like I saw the last piece you did, like, you know, trying to work on a few things like that, any advice you can give me and having him send me a message back, like walking me through step by step, every tiny itty bitty little thing. And I would not have had that if I had just chalked it up to like, Oh, well, I didn't make any money in Dublin. You know, everyone there wanted something that, you know, I, I didn't want to do. And, you know, I just didn't fit in at all. And it's like, you got to get over that. You know, you have to. There's going to be times and there's going to be shows where you walk away making pretty much nothing. Uh, and that's okay. Because what you're going to gain from those experiences is going to be worth so much more in the long run. If you go into it with the idea of, you know what, that's okay. Cause now I know, and I know for the future and I know for next time. So I know the next time I go to work at that show, I know what to be prepared for and I know what to expect. And I know that if I go into it with this kind of a mentality that I can absolutely crush everything that comes across. I know that if I work at this show over here, I know the kind of stuff that they're going to want me to do while I'm there. You know, I know that this area likes a lot more Neo trad or this area likes a lot more like uh biomechy stuff, or this area is more about, you know, fine line, black and gray work, but you don't know unless you go, you know, you won't have any idea of what to expect unless you actually put yourself in that kind of a situation. I want to circle back to what you said about not signing up for shows unless you are uh, okay with taking a total loss. I think that, uh, oh my God, your hand tattoo looks so good. Um, Oh, this guy. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, This little thing. Uh, Yeah. That's fucking, oh God, that's so sick. I've been thinking about that by the way. Oh yeah. But what I was going to say is uh, um, same for like guest spots and really any traveling to like if you're not okay with the take a taking a total loss and not having any expectations and just making sure that everything's going to be a learning experience then don't go yeah like stay home with your your reliable clients instead like if you're not ready to take that plunge it's yeah you certain people don't want to travel and they don't like to and and that's okay that's totally fine you don't have to What I've found, though, in my experiences is that by not traveling, by not working shows with, by not networking with other artists and learning new stuff, by not doing that stuff, it's just going to hinder you in the long run. Wow. uh, um, I've been invited to guest spot somewhere uh, coming up really soon. Not super soon, actually. but uh, I have to uh, I have to consider my finances um, because I don't think for this upcoming guest spot that I can actually handle a loss if I don't make any money. 
So that is actually something I'm dealing with right now. It's like, should I take this opportunity or should I like do it a different time? Because right now, like if I don't end up making my money back on the um thing, like can I afford that loss right now? So what you're saying about shows, like I'm thinking about a guest spot. Absolutely. And so I also need to figure out how to cordially say to the person, hey, I can't afford this trip right now without disappointing them. Well, you know what? Just say, listen, right now is not a not a very good time. Some unexpected things have come up. You know, I I would still very much like to take you up on this. Um, It's just I can't do it right at this moment or I can't do it, you know, when we initially planned it. Um, you know, I'm sorry for that, but, you know, unfortunately this is kind of what happens, you know, and everyone that's been out there, everyone that's ever had that kind of a situation in life, they'll get it. And it's not usually a big deal. Um, a lot of places that will offer guest spots to people that will say, Hey, we want you to come out and work for us for a week or a month or whatever. They're okay. If things don't work out during that exact time, you know? A lot of times it's an open invitation. It's kind of like, hey, here's the invitation. Come out whenever you want. We'll be here ready to kick ass and take names or kick ass and take naps. Um, Mm. You know, and they're okay with that. John says hi. Yeah, it's perfectly reasonable for sure. You know that it's just not a good time. Hey, Jonesy. Yeah. yeah i'm sure they'll I think, understand i think they will i actually i think they're because both of us kind of acknowledge that this was kind of a last minute up in the air possible guest spot uh that actually was offered to me while i was traveling and i was in the momentum of ah, everything is fun and everything now that i've gotten back mm-hmm. home i'm just like oh, okay <laughs> i gotta pay rent Yep. <laughs> yeah, it catches you off guard sometimes. Yeah. Um hell yeah, my dudes. I uh, um oh yeah, but I've I've been thinking about your hand tattoo a lot. It uh lives rent free in my head, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> like it's weird, I think it's weird and probably creepy how often i think about just walking up to the texas and seeing you there with like your dead phone above the thing because the battery died yeah and you're just like you're like sitting like this and i'm just mm-hmm. like how's it going and you're like it's great <laughs> and, yeah uh, that's a sick piece like, yeah, dude, it was so amazing. Like now, I'm just like, who's gonna do my hand? And that's a tricky part, you know, of the body to like get it to heal. You know, oh, well, I found that, that out looks, very quickly. That looks solid, man. Like I love that, like very dark uh, background it has, like bringing it forward. Super nice, man. Yeah, it was. It was not fun to heal. Not at all, not in any way, shape, or form. It was definitely the, well, one of the trickiest and most difficult tattoos I've ever had to heal in my life. Um, yeah, I never really asked about the healing process after we separated ways. Oh, it was terrible. Um, 
just because of where certain parts are on like bendy parts, you know, like here, right by the nose, that was an absolute nightmare to heal. Um, other spots like back here were a little rough. Mm. Um, the inside was fine. That healed up fairly quickly. The upper portion healed up fairly quickly. Even the top of my hand healed up fairly good and fairly quickly. But anywhere where you have a lot of like joints and a lot of bendy and flexy areas, those were the absolute worst to heal. Mm. Um, just as far as keeping them moisturized, keeping your right. eye on them, waking yep. up in the morning and having like, you know, them dry out a tiny bit on you. So you don't want it to be too folded, right? Because then it heals right. with that line, that folding line. Let me ask you, did he, uh, we were talking about machines and everything today. What, what did he use to do those lines and get them that so solid all of in the hand? The whole mm -hmm. tattoo was done using a uh, Cheyenne Solnova Unlimited four millimeter stroke. Mm -hmm. um and it was solid solid quick punchy um and he just flew through everything the tattoo itself took i think four and a half hours something like that mm -hmm. so i mean it still took a decent length of time to make sure all the color was nice and saturated and blended in all the black and grays were nice and faded out um, you mm -hmm. know, all the tiny little hairline cracks, like on the top right. of the dome were done right. Um, you know, all the tiny little nooks and crannies, like at the bottoms of the teeth, making sure that those had the right highlight. Um, you know, so there was a bit that went into it. Uh, but all in all, it, once again, when I found out that he had the opening, I was more interested in just the experience and the knowledge that I was going to learn behind it. I didn't go into it with any kind of an expectation. I didn't even have an idea of what was going to be done until the morning of. Like I went into it and I said, dude, I don't care what you tattoo on me. I just wow. want to get tattooed by you. Um, you know, I just want to collect a piece from you. And, you know, here's kind of the idea or the theme that I've got going on come up with something, you know, maybe, maybe you want to do a Hanya mask. Maybe you want to do a, a Tengu mask or a, um, you know, uh, 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 anything really like maybe you want to do a badass bat head, do it. That's fine. Like whatever. Maybe you want to do like a koi fish head maybe or something like that, or like a goldfish or something along those lines, whatever you want to do. I was down for it. And he didn't even know what he was going to do until I think one or two o'clock in the morning, the night before the tattoo. <laughs> I remember that. Kept asking him, what do you got planned in mind? He's like, I don't know. Yeah, he, he kept coming over and he's like, honestly, don't know yet. I'm like, hey, not a problem. And you know what? It was one of the most awesome experiences ever. I didn't even, he didn't even know he was going to do waves around it. He just kind of drew those in with a pen and just went to town. That trust paid off, you know, like the energy that, that came from the trust, you know, probably allowed him to be in an ideal place in his mind to like create something. Absolutely. Such a good piece, man. Yeah. Yeah, it was a blast too.
you know, just hanging out with them, talking to them the whole time about like, oh, well, what are you using on it? How are you doing it? Like, you know, what are your philosophies on certain things? You know, like, um, you know, what was what was it like for you, you know, to work at Deadly and to be surrounded by all of these awesome people? He's like, dude, it was the weirdest stuff, like coming up, knowing who went through the different studios, um, you know, and seeing his dad's progression from working at this place and then working at this place and then opening in his own place and going through and being like, yeah, growing up with Steve Moore, I never realized it was a big thing. He was like, to me, that was just like uncle Steve. Like that's not, that wasn't anything special to me. I didn't Mm. quite realize until later on what kind of an impact that person had on this industry, you know? Um, and it was like, or like, you know, Rob Noseworthy was working right next to James. He's like, to me, that was uncle Rob. He's like, I didn't realize what kind of an impact that person had until much later on. He's like, and looking back on it, I wouldn't trade anything in the world for the experiences that I've had. And I was like, yeah, I wouldn't either. But that's coming from someone that already had that kind of a perspective on things, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. So, Sounds like a great, amazing experience. It definitely was, for sure. With a big bonus result, you know? Right. Full faith. You know, no expectations, and then boom, rewarded for your trust. Well, I mean... You know, when you think about it and you think about things like that, it ultimately it comes down to, are you willing to put in the work? Are you willing to talk to the people that you need to do and do the things that you know you need to do in order to even put yourself in that kind of a situation? Right. Because if I wasn't willing to go through and get tattooed by Fibs in Rome uh, way back when, mm-hmm. no, I would have never hit things off with him. If I never hit things off with him, I would have never gone to the London Tattoo Convention and gotten personal introductions to a lot of the people that I've met. If I had never done that, then I would have never been invited to go and work at the Puerto Rico show. Even if I had, if I you know, didn't decide to come back and work it more than one year, because that first year I worked it, I think I did like four tattoos the whole weekend. Total loss, right? I don't even think I made enough money to cover the booth, but I didn't care. Right. Cause I was there and I was right down the aisle from Victor chill. Right. Like number one. Yeah. Crazy intimidating. Um, but number two, it was such a unique experience because I got to go and watch all of these guys. work. I didn't even want to stay in my booth most of the time, but if I hadn't come back and worked it more than one year, I would have never even had the opportunity to get my hand. You know, so sometimes it's about putting yourself in the position and in the situation where you have these kinds of opportunities. And if you're not willing to do that, and if you're not willing to put yourself out there and take that kind of leap of faith, you're never going to reap that kind of a reward. Yeah, very true. But on that note, let's go through. Uh, we're about 20 minutes over time. So let's go through and we'll start doing some sign-offs. 
Um, Medusa, you were last in. So I'm going to spotlight you for everyone. Go ahead and give us a quick sign off. Hello, everybody. It's me, Medusa. And you can <laughs> find me at medusaslays.com or on Instagram at medusaslays the three S's at the end, like a snake slithering amongst the silly things. Okay. Um, thanks for having me. I had a great time. Uh, and the next guy. Awesome. And Thank your you YouTube too. The new YouTube. Yeah. Channel. Okay. Starting <laughs> a YouTube. What's it called? Medusa Slays. Oh. I wasn't ready to announce that yet. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, what a jerk I am. But there are coming soon. Coming soon. Uh, my YouTube. It's just going to be Medusa Slay, so you can get a heads up by subscribing if you want. Thank you. Anytime. Okay, now bye. <laughs> Bruno, over to you, bud. It was a fun time, Jason. Thanks again, man. Um, hey. As always, Medusa Patrick's always awesome hanging out. And uh, my name is Bruno Salvatierra. You can find me on Instagram on at Christmas underscore art. And uh, also uh, the studio Instagram, Christmas.tattoo studio here in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Hope everyone's having a great day. Thanks again, reinventing the tattoo. Thank you very much, Bruno, as always. And um, yeah, so thanks very much, everyone, for joining in today. My name is Jason Leeser. You can always find me on Instagram at Philly Inc. Um, and that would be right up here. So if you're wondering how to spell it, that's how to spell it. Um, yeah, thanks for uh, tuning in. As always, if you like today's show, by all means, feel free, go through, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button. Um, you know, make sure to hit the follow button if you're listening to the podcast. And um, yeah, we'll see you here next Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, I think this is Standard Time. Maybe it's Daylight Time. Not sure on that, but it's 1 p.m. Eastern. Um, and you can figure out what time zone you're in. And yeah, hopefully I'll see you guys again next week. Until then, keep those hands moving and 